I've asked Brother Goff to read my text tonight because um, I'm having a few voice problems. And uh, so uh, I've asked him to read, but before he does, I want to tell you we're going to have revival when the gossipers shut up, the lukewarm fires, folks fire up, the sleeping folks wake up, the estranged folks make up, uh, the depressed folks look up, uh, amen, the dishonest folks fess up, uh, the discouraged folks cheer up, uh, the disgruntled folks uh, sweeten up, uh, and the soldiers of Jesus Christ stand up, amen, everybody stand, amen, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And the multitude come up together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said he is beside himself. Hold it. He's reading from Mark chapter 3, verses 20 through 26. He didn't say that. He was supposed to say it. Amen. Go ahead. Verse, verse 22. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub. And by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. And he called them unto him and said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but he hath an end. Now I want you to notice verse 21, which states, and when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, he is beside himself. Now, it's interesting, at least for me, to note that there is another version uh, in the Bible that uh, words this verse in the following manner. When Jesus' family heard what he was doing, they thought he was crazy and went to get him under control. So according to this scripture, Jesus' own family and friends thought that he was beside himself or that he was crazy, so they went to lay hold on him or to get him under control. So it's from this entire scripture reading I want to preach, but it's specifically from verse 21. I want to take my text and preach, just call me crazy. Just call me crazy. Look at somebody and say, just call me crazy. Ah, let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for your presence. Uh, God, we ask in you, God, in the name of Jesus Christ to anoint me. Uh, anoint these earthy flesh and lips of mine. Uh, let me, God, feel your anointing one more time. Uh, I'm asking you in Jesus' name. Uh, God, I'm beseeching you, God. Uh, I need to feel your presence right now. Uh, God, I need you to touch me right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, God, I love you and I will bless your name I will exalt you and I will lift you up I will thank you Lord and I will exalt you oh God I praise your name come on let's praise him come on ah let's praise him praise him praise him I love you Jesus I love you Jesus oh I love you God I praise your name I praise you God I give you the glory the honor in Jesus name and somebody say praise the Lord Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to say 
thank you to Brother Riggin uh, for inviting me. And I, I told him today, I said, man, it's just good to be home for a couple weeks. And uh, amen, I'm thankful for the opportunity to appreciate his confidence in me. And uh, praise God. I just, you know, I, I just want to say this. I don't care what some folks say about me. I just want to be effective. Yes, sir. Amen. I just want to be effective. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There was a photocopied sign that was posted inside a church office. It was one of those humorous slogans that people in different offices often duplicate and then pass on to others. Most of us have probably seen this particular message, I suppose, but posted in a church office, well, at least to me, the words took on a new meaning. For tape to the wall behind someone's desk, the sign read, you don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. You don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. I don't know, maybe it was that gal I was talking about this morning. But I got to thinking about that sign. Isn't it strange how God gives you messages? Yes, sir. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I put a sign in the entrance of the church? Only I would reword it and say, you don't have to be crazy to worship here, but it helps. Is anybody going to help me preach today? Now, you can laugh at that thought, but on a deeper level, there is a great deal of truth. Uh, because there's something rather strange about us apostolic church folks. You see, we're not just another social club. We're not some self-help group or some sort of a civic organization. And I'm here to tell you the church's view of reality is increasingly out of sync, out of sight with those who are outside looking in. Because in the church, we do and we say things that are not always, they don't always make sense to people outside of these walls. Here we are gathered in the church Somebody say in the church. Sitting on somewhat hard and uncomfortable pews instead of sitting in comfortable easy chairs. People that are outside these walls, amen, they are working on their yards or their houses or washing their cars or while we gather inside this building to lift our Voices in prayer and songs of thanksgiving to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. And a whole lot of other people are planning a barbecue or I don't know what time the cheese played today, if they're even done yet, but a lot of them were tailgating and uh, planning a barbecue, sipping an ice cold drink or some hot coffee or and have come, uh, amen. Uh, hopefully uh, we have come in one mind and one accord. Uh, I said we've come in one mind and one accord uh, on a day like today to praise the Lord uh, and to hear a word from God. Yes, 
to some outsiders, I'm sure that we must look a little bit crazy. They say things like, all you talk about is God and church. God and church. God and church. And what great church y'all are having. And my, didn't we have a good worship service tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And how somebody went down in Jesus' name. How someone else, somebody did something like prayed through. And by the way, what's all that speaking in unknown tongues? And just why do you always invite me to church? Why do you keep pretending to act like you love me? Well, let me stop here and say it's not an act. Because we do love you. And it doesn't make a difference who you are, uh, what color you are, what background is, uh, or even where you've come from. Uh, For as Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says in part, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts uh, by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. uh, And because we have the Holy Ghost, we want you to have it as well. Uh, So no, 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 it's not an act. Uh, I said it's not an act uh, because we do love you uh, and we want to see you delivered from the bondage that hell has put on you. Then there are some who say, I know y'all got some crazy issues just like me, but you're always smiling. You're always laughing and acting kind of crazy like y'all been smoking something strange. Nobody can be that happy all the time. So what's up with that? We're happy people. Yes, we are. We've been baptized in Jesus' name. We spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. Yes, we're a happy people. Yes, we are. Further, your women don't wear no makeup. And they don't cut their hair. What are you guys? Y'all some kind of crazy mixed up Amish people y'all are acting and looking a little bit crazy right now and some of y'all are acting a little bit crazy and looking at me like I'm crazy according to our scripture text this perception may reveal something of what it means to be called crazy by those who are not only outside the church but those who are supposed to be in the church And you are not as radical or as unorthodox as you and I are. I wonder if anybody's going to help me preach tonight. Uh, I said I wonder if anybody's going to help me preach tonight. You see, the word crazy is defined as, number one, one who is mentally deranged, especially is manifested in a wild or aggressive way. Number two, One who is extremely enthusiastic about someone or something. And forgive me for stopping here, but I cannot help but wonder if there's anyone who is extremely enthusiastic about Jesus. Ah, come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. If you're really crazy about Jesus, why don't you let him know it? I said, if you're crazy, let him know it. Woo! Tell up 
I feel a little bit better now. Then the third definition of crazy is one who acts crazy, especially such a one associated with a radical or extremist political cause. So let's take a look at the word radical. Because if a person or persons are really radical, they both have a common thread. They actually believe their commitments. And this will lead to inspiration for some and isolation for others. But it almost always moves to action of some kind. Let me explain what I mean by that. The radical terrorist is one who destroys, maims, and kills others. This individual believes so strongly in what they are doing that they not only would, they would kill for what they believe, uh, they would die for it too. This type of a radical terrorist is most definitely obvious in the day and age we are living in. And then there are those faithful Christians who deeply believe that commitment always leads to strong actions. So as part of their response to the message of God, uh, they are going to do everything within their power to walk right, uh, to talk right, to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, uh, to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And then there are others who are extremely radical. For they not only believe all of what I just said, but they actually put it into practice. Anybody going to help me now? Uh, when they come to church, they don't just come to take up space. They come to worship God in spirit and in truth. Ah, uh, they don't come to show off their latest designer clothes that they brought. Uh, amen. In fact, the clothes they have on uh, might have come from someplace like a local thrift shop. Uh, they're not interested in the latest church gossip. Uh, they don't care whose daughter is engaged to who, uh, who just got a divorce from who, uh, or even why. Uh, they could care less whose church just split uh, and where those that split went. Uh, they're not interested in who just bought a new car. Uh, they're not interested in who bought a new house. Uh, how big, nice, and fancy it is. They just came with one thought and one purpose in mind. They've got to touch Jesus. It doesn't make a difference what you think about them. It doesn't make a difference if you like them. What you have to say about them or how you talk about them behind their back. They just have one thought and one purpose in mind. They must see Jesus. They must touch Jesus. Nothing else matters but to get into his presence. And nothing else matters but just what Acts chapter 17 verse 27 says. That they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel him after him and find him. Though he be not far from every one of us. Oh God help me. These folks don't come to the house of God with an attitude that says uh, that they know it all. <laughs> 
They just want to know him for who he is, what he is. And as Deuteronomy 10, 21 says, he is thy praise and he is thy God that hath done for thee these great things and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. And they just want to see him do great things in their life. God help me. Further, they don't come to church thinking that they're the only one that's instrumental in a move of God. And they definitely don't come to God's house with an attitude that looks around and says, I'm just going to wait for somebody else to break out in worship. And then I'll worship. But they are the first one out of their pew running the aisles. They're the first one up front shouting, dancing, and praising God. Oh, I wish I had somebody that really believe what I'm preaching. They truly believe that worship in its highest form is giving your future to God in radical obedience. But if you'll allow me, I want to use my imagination for just a little while. Because in the Gospel of Mark, from where we take our text, it tells us about the day when the family and friends of, Je- of Jesus came to take him away in a straitjacket. The word on the street was that Jesus was out of his mind. People thought that he was beside himself. They claimed that Jesus was possessed. And so his family and friends came to his house to take Jesus away because the popular opinion of the day was that he was insane. That that might sound like an odd assessment of his ministry, but it is central to how the gospel of Mark portrays the work of Jesus. From the very beginning, Jesus acted as if he was different because he was different. He was God manifest in flesh. Woo! Jesus announced that God's reign had come near. According to Mark, Jesus did not accept the world as a place of sin, sickness, or evil. He acted as if God had been doing something new. Jesus was basically walking to the beat of a different drum. And in the Gospel of Mark, where we take our text, uh, the friend of Jesus thought he was beside himself. Uh, And verse 22 uh, says, uh, And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He's easel bub. Uh, And by the prince of the devil's cats, he out devils. Uh, Then in John chapter 10, verses 19 and 20, uh, many of the Jews thought he was crazy, for he read, uh, There was division, therefore, among the Jews uh, for these sayings. Uh, And many of them said, He hath the devil and is mad. Uh, Why hear ye him? These religious people were deaf to the divine drummer that Jesus marched to. Jesus not only announced, uh, amen, the nearness of God's kingdom, uh, he acted if God's reign had actually come because, again, uh, he was God manifest in the flesh. Uh, That's why people said he is gone out of his mind. And while the religious leaders looked, and accused Jesus of blasphemy. Ironically, they were the ones, amen, looked Jesus in the face, accused him of being possessed by Satan. Oh, God help me. 
And why is it always true when a man or a woman is on fire for God? For some reason, it seems that they are regarded as deranged to their contemporaries. The more like Jesus we are, the more we are going to experience the sorrow of being misunderstood by relatives and friends. If we set out to make a fortune, men will cheer us on. But if we are fanatics for Jesus Christ, they will mock us, they will ridicule us, and they will persecute us. Oh, God help me. In Isaiah 43 and 19, God speaking through the prophet says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And it was on the day of Pentecost that God began to do a new thing. And not only did those that were present on that day know it, but those of every succeeding generation and many of us that are alive today know uh, that God is still doing a new thing uh, and I cannot help but wonder is anybody in the house crazy enough to believe uh, God to do a new thing in us You see, in order for God to do a new thing in us, we've got to believe what Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 states. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Well, we also have got to get a revelation of just who the prophet Isaiah was talking about when he stated in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. We must believe that Isaiah was prophesying of Jesus when he said in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace We must also know there was no contradiction of scriptures when God spoke to the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43 verse 11 said I even I am the Lord and beside me there is no savior but are we crazy enough to believe that the angel who appeared under those shepherds in the gospel of Luke chapter 2 verse 11 didn't contradict what God had already stated through the prophet when the angel told them for unto you this day is born in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Please understand me when I say that we have got to believe that if, in fact, there is no Savior beside God. Because the angel said that Jesus was the Savior then it absolutely has to be that Jesus is God manifest in flesh. 
And you know what? I found that to be a fact also because I read where the Apostle Paul states in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, if you know it, quote it with me. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory, who was manifest in the flesh according to what I just read God was who was justified in the spirit and seen of angels, God was. Who preached unto the Gentiles, God did. Who was believed on in the world, received up into the glory, God was. And I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, his name is J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. call me crazy because I know I'm crazy I know I have accepted the fact that so many in Jesus day could not accept and still what so many today reject and try to explain away that is the oneness of God I know that John chapter 1 verse 1 states in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and verse 14 says and the word was made flesh the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And I'm just crazy enough to believe that in John chapter 5, verse 43, that that same word made flesh states, I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not if another shall come in his own name him ye shall receive I know that if he came in his Father's name that the name of the Father has to be Jesus And further in John chapter 8, verses 56 through 58, I read where Jesus told those Jews who tried to tell him he had a devil that your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. I am, I am, I am, I am. Then in the 10th chapter of John, verse number 30, Jesus just outright blatantly states, I and my Father are one. Woo! Somebody praise him. I know this is elementary for some of you, but there's somebody here that's never heard this. You need to hear it. You need to get it down in your spirit. You need to get a hold of it. You need to grab it. Yes, 
I'm going to tell you the only way that Jesus could make such a statement is because uh, just like Ephesians chapter 4 uh, verses 5 and 6 says there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, uh, one God and Father of all who's above all, uh, through all, and in you all. Uh, in the gospel of John chapter 14 verses 6 through 11, uh, Jesus tells Thomas, I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me if you had known me you have known my father also and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him and then in verse number 8 when Philip he says Lord show us the father and it sufficeth us in verses 9 and 10 Jesus saith unto him have I been so long time with you And yet, hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou, show us the Father? Believest not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Oh, 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 by the way, I just want to let those of you know that say or don't feel like we use the correct formula for baptism. We do. We do. We do. We follow the command that Jesus gives in Matthew 28, 19. Let's look at what it says. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I want you to understand we do baptize in the name of the Father. We do baptize in the name of the Son. We do baptize in the name of the Holy Ghost. I also want you to understand that Father's not a name. It's a title. I'm a father. I got two daughters. But that's not my name. If you write a check out to me, don't make it to a father with two daughters. I know this is basic. Son, it's not a name. It's a title. I want you to understand that Holy Ghost is not a name. It's a title. So we do baptize in the name of the Father. We do baptize in the name of the Son. We do baptize in the name of the Holy Ghost because we know what that name is. And the name is Jesus. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 clearly says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 still says, Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And because of this 
we must also be crazy enough to realize that God has given us apostolic believers powerful spiritual weapons for the destruction of Satan's strongholds. Because according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, uh, casting down imaginations, uh, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, uh, and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Uh, this tells me we can act just like Jesus. I wonder if there's anybody crazy enough in the house to act like Jesus did. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. We've lost our mind. We can do the will of God. I said we can do the will of God. We can fill this house up. I said, I don't care who's backslid lately. I said, you cut out of a whole I said, God is fixing to fill it up. If we're crazy enough to believe God for it. On this earth, that which is heavenly, godly, and upright, it's deemed foolish and crazy, but we can confront the powers of hell because God still rules over heaven and earth. Woo! We can act in the face of death as if death has already been defeated. We can gather in a place like this, singing praises to a Savior who has already assured us of the apostolic church's redemption. Here I am on the church again. God give me. Somebody, I want you to believe God right now. Believe him for a soul. Come on. Come on. Come on, let's gather around. I ask you a question. Do you really want to follow Jesus Christ? Do you really understand what it means to be in step with the life of a crazy person? Come on, act crazy. Why don't you speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance? How long has it been since you prayed through? How long has it been since you felt the power of God? How long has it been? How long has it been? Are you crazy? Are you crazy enough to believe God? Are you crazy enough to believe God to do it in the house? I see Are you crazy enough to believe God to fill this house? Come on. 
Don't just get hyped up for the moment. Come on, just like you said, Brother Jared. Don't get hyped up for the sermon. Don't get hyped up for a song. Hear me, you gotta believe it. You gotta believe it. You gotta believe it. You gotta believe it. Come on. Come on, some of you need to reach out. Some of you need to reach out. Some of you need to get a hold of this tonight. Come on, are you crazy? Just call me crazy. Just call me crazy. Come on, let him say I'm crazy. Let him say I'm possessed by Beelzebub. Oh God, help me Jesus. Help me God to be more radical. Help me to be more radical. Help me God, help me God. I love you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, young ladies. How long has it been since you spoke in tongues? How long has it been? How long has it been? You need to do it tonight. You need to do it tonight. Right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Come on, everybody praying. Everybody praying. God, help me. Help me. Help me. You need to get renewed in the Holy Ghost. Renew me, God. Renew me, God. Renew me. Come on, find somebody to pray with them. Find somebody to pray with them.